to Sugar Coated. I'm your host, Adrian Garland, the CEO and founder of She Leads Media. For far too long, women have been conditioned to sugarcoat their words, their actions, and the way they show up in the world, and to conform to certain cultural norms and ideals. This is inherently designed to keep those who are outside of the norm from gaining power, prestige, wealth, and influence, preventing more women from being recognized and respected as the powerful leaders that we truly are. Join me each week as we dive into raw conversations with remarkable, uncompromising, and inspirational women that will encourage you to strip away your sugar coating and move boldly in the direction of your magnificent dreams. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Sugar Coated. I'm so excited today because I have a very special guest. Her name is Javon Bowman, and she is the content queen. She's an expert video content curator and a creative business mentor. And I am just so excited because Javon was one of the incredible speakers at this past year's She Leads Live conference. And everybody just fell in love with her because she truly is the content queen. Uh, So I, without further ado, I'd like to introduce everybody to Javon. And I would love for you to tell people a little bit about who you are. Hello, everyone. My name is Javon Bowman. Thank you so much, Adrian, for having me on your podcast. It was such a pleasure to be at the She Leads conference. So I am the six-figure content queen, and I help high-earning female CEOs create content the stress-free way by building teams, leveraging professional resources, and implementing time-saving strategies. I got my start in TV production about 16 years ago, And ever since then, I've been mentoring people. But about a year ago, I decided to formalize my mentorship and to take my business from the real world behind the scenes in TV and film into the digital space. And so that's kind of a little bit about me and what I've been up to. I love it. And, you know, content is it's the most important thing, right? They say content is we'll say queen. Content is queen. And we know how important it is. And yet it takes so much time to produce high quality content that really delivers the results that we as high earning uh, women entrepreneurs and CEOs are, are looking for. So what are some of the things that you notice about women that have our own businesses and that we are trying to, you know, not get swallowed up by this whole content monster? What are some of the things we can do? I think it's really important, one, to just acknowledge that content creation is a full-time job. I came from the traditional media, so I have a background of working on content that has a large team of people behind it. You're going to have a producer, a director, a director of photographer, and an editor at minimum, you know, when it comes to a team. So I think one of the biggest mistakes a lot of high-earning women make is they decide that they're going to um, take content on as a DIY all by themselves, expecting the results of people who have decades of experience when really it's important to build a team to support you or at least invest into your education so that you can build these skills. 
Yeah. I think it's especially difficult for women that are coming out of corporate and they have the resources like you were describing. I used to work at uh, Cablevision back in the day. And, you know, we used to produce commercials for just sell cable and and all that kind of stuff. So they, you know, they weren't multi-million dollar commercials that we filmed, but they were multi-thousand dollar commercials that we filmed. And I mean, the crew that it would take to produce a a really quick commercial was mind-boggling. And I think when you go from having those types of resources and then seeing something come to life that's really beautiful, and then you go out on your own uh, into your own business, it's difficult to kind of change your mindset too, right? You're like, I can do this. I did this before. But it does require a lot of investment into a team. So, you know, I, I love the the fact that you said educate yourself. But I, I do think, because I've even attempted it myself, I do think that you need a team if you are expecting to create something of substance. I absolutely agree. And I think that's the key to not burning out when creating content is to be realistic about what your skill set is, what you're willing to invest in, and what you are going to prefer to outsource. For example, some people, they have no problem pulling out their iPhone and creating content. But when it comes to editing the content and posting it, that's where their obstacle is. So I think it's important to strategize with someone who is more knowledgeable than you so that you can figure out how to make your resources make sense for you. So now how, Javon, how did you go from being sort of on that media side? You were in corporate. I know how exciting that can be on the one hand and also sometimes, you know, you, you feel like you're you're being held back and that there's not a lot of places to, to go. What made you decide to make the leap from corporate to entrepreneurship? You know what? When you say leap, it sounds like I was on one side and then the next day I was on the other because I took (laughs) one big leap. But the reality is I started my first production company, Jab New York LLC, in 2012 while I was still freelancing and working in corporate. Mm -hmm. In fact, I didn't ever have a secure like nine to six media job where I kind of went into the same place every day. I was always a freelancer, always going from one gig to the next, you know, investing in relationships and taking my career and directing it and leading it myself, starting off working in commercials and promos for local news into reality television, and then also working in scripted behind the scenes and post-production. So I was always open to do multiple things. I felt like the corporate world offered me exposure to team building and, and strategies and processes that are used at a high budget level. You know, so for example, when I worked at Quantico, we were shooting one episode in nine days. And then by the time we were in our peak, we probably had about four episodes in post at the same time. And so seeing how you operate in a content machine, essentially, and where you kind of have like a content factory, you know, and you have a team and everyone has a job and a purpose and a role, that was important to my development. But when I wasn't working on those TV shows, on seasons of things, I had my own production company. So I would be working on short film projects. I would be working with corporate clients for, you know, industrial type of projects. And so for me, it was really 
a lifestyle change that I decided where I was no longer going to do as much work for hire mm. um, because of my lifestyle. You know, as a wife and a mother, I wanted to spend more time with my family. I understand. Then, um, it was during the pandemic, actually, in March 2020, where I actually relocated. I had just given birth to my son and I just decided to take some time off of working, you know, like a nice maternity leave. And then about a year ago, when I wanted to get back into production and post-production, I was trying to figure out how I was going to do this remotely. Yeah. And there was no way I was going to commute to New York City every single day. <laughs> and so it was just like necessity is a mother of invention. You kind of have to say, well, I want to do something different. It's something I've never done before. I see other people are successful at it. They don't have my background. I have something unique to offer. So, you know, I got onto the path of creating digital products. I learned how to structure mentorship um, and make an actual program out of it. So that's what I've been doing in the last year. And it's interesting because I still do work for hire. So in December, I was in New York City working on a pilot for BET. I can't really say anything about it. <laughs> I have an NDA, but it was nice to go back into the field and shoot two episodes of a project. And then I bring that experience back into my own personal practice, my private practice. Oh, I love that. And I, I love the fact that you were able to kind of uh, dip your toe for a, a very limited amount of time and then go back to your business. I think that that what you have done there, it's sort of like it keeps you fresh and in in the mix. At the same time, you're doing it in a way where it's not taking over your life. Absolutely. And there comes a moment when you're running your own business or your own practice as a content creator and you start to think, am I getting stale? You know, my, my budgets aren't as large as the network TV budgets that I was used to. And so it's nice to go on to something with a nice budget and you're like, no, I still got it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> And someone and, else's money, you know? I, yeah, of course. I also know that you have your own your own film, right? So not just working on other people's projects, but you have your own film project as well. Correct. So I write short films and direct and shoot. So I have all of my equipment. And so it's just a matter of coming up with the time and the resources to produce my own content. And so this year I've been focused on my educational uh, content. I do have a background as an instructor. Um, I worked at the Made in New York post-production training program for a couple of years, and I was focused on teaching adults um, the skills they needed to work in post-production. So software skills, soft skills, um, you name it. And I really enjoyed the teaching, and I enjoyed it because it was in person. Um, and so after the pandemic and when things started to come online and everyone was doing workshops on Zoom, I really resisted it because I missed teaching in person so much. Yeah. However, um, I did find some inspiration in building community. And so I've been focused on creating my own educational products to help people who want to create content. So it's been an extremely creative and very gratifying experience for me to be still be able to touch people in yeah. that way by teaching them something and mentoring them to become better at content creation, but also in a way that I can scale. Yeah. I love that. Now, you the, the way that you do that right now, is it sort of in a one-on-one -on -one environment? Is it in a group environment? I know you're about to launch an academy. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, what you're doing 
right now and how you're helping people and how that is transforming into uh, the Content Queen Academy? Absolutely. So at the end of the day, my goal is to teach people how to create content without burning out. So not just the skills you need to DIY and shoot, but also the skills you need to plan and develop a project, messaging, for instance, the things you have to think about before you even pick up the camera. In addition to bringing a team together to support you all the way through marketing. And so that is the main goal. However, I realize that my time and energy is very limited and it's also very valuable. So through my mentorship program, it's a combination of group coaching calls, but also one-on-one calls with me where we can develop a strategy for you personally based off of the resources that you have access to. And so I have an eight-week deep dive program that I run. It transforms you from, you know, being kind of um, all over the place with your content strategy. Maybe you're kind of trying different things. You don't know what's working into someone who can plan a shoot, strategize your message, and launch a campaign, essentially. And so that's the transformation that I offer through my mentorship. And then the Content Queen Academy is the DIY approach. You still have access to my private Facebook group where I do go live and I answer questions, but this is for someone who wants to go at their own pace and they might not be ready to invest in one-on-one coaching at that moment. Got it. Now, the people that you work with, are you working, I'm sure that you'll, you know, sort of for anybody, but are you focused on women entrepreneurs? I am focused on female entrepreneurs. I think that there's something about content creation that women have been gatekept out of as far as the technical expertise. And that's something that I definitely resisted and struggled against when I was working in the traditional media industry, because when I would show up on set, you know, perhaps I'm behind the scenes working with a DP as an assistant, whether it was carrying something that seemed to be heavy or knowing what the name of a piece of gear was. You know, I think women are questioned when it comes to our technical expertise. And so I like to show women that you can still be feminine and you can still create awesome looking content. It's not about how heavy or big your camera is. It's about getting the most out of it. (laughs) It's not about the size of the camera. It's about like what you what you see as the end product. I I love that so much. So it's about the artist behind the camera. And so I think your tools you know, it's going to depend on what your resources are. When you have more resources, you know, we can get into different lenses and cameras, but that shouldn't be what stops you from creating content if you really want to make content. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of um, the financial world where there are, and again, like, I hate to make sweeping statements, but there are a lot of women that I hear from that they're, you know, that they're afraid of the numbers, they're afraid of, you know, the the finances, and they're intimidated because sometimes the finance world, they throw around all of these acronyms and they make it seem like it's really scary and complicated. But if you just kind of take the time to understand what those acronyms mean, do a tiny bit of education, you know, you see that it's it's not as difficult as uh, people are, are making it out to be. And so it's kind of getting rid of that fear through education and then practicing, right? Like that's the only way that you can feel comfortable. 
Absolutely. You have to practice. And one of the things about both mentoring and also my academy is that you have to be the one that's going to execute. You have to be the one that's going to take action. I can be the person to guide you, but you still have to put in the time, especially with, when it comes to content creation. No one can make it for you. I mean, you can pay me to make it for you, but you know, if you want to become an actual creator or producer or lead a team to work on your behalf, you have to be able to put your time in. You have to at least be a collaborative part of that process. You can't just turn it over to someone and say, do this for me. You have to very much be in it, just as you would as if you were making, you know, a film or a commercial or, or a podcast. Absolutely. And I think there's this mysterious art of producing that a lot of people don't understand because they don't really know what producers do. You go, to the, <laughs> you go to the theater, you see the credits and you see produced by and then you see all these other names. And it's very strange. So what I like to do is I like to demystify content creation for, you know, layman in layman's terms. And so everything that I do is geared towards absolute beginners. I don't use complicated terms. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about codecs and bit rates because that's not really important when it comes to creating content. If you want to learn more about that and you decide you want to go deeper into like post-production or into like being a DP, then that's another thing. But as a generalist, I think it's... Um, you know, I really try to focus on the most important aspects so that you can get the most transformation in the least a bit amount of time. I love that. And like when we when we're talking about content, right? Like I you and I, we know what we're talking about. But can you just describe when when you say content creation, right? Content can literally be anything. What what you and I are doing right now on this podcast is we're creating content. So can you just describe what type of content creation you're talking about when you're just helping people through doing this on their own or even mentoring people? I think ultimately it depends on your goals and what platforms you want to use. But when I talk about content, I'm talking about information that you're disseminating on social media platforms. So this could be text. So this could cover um, topics like copywriting. This could be um, graphic design, photography, or video making. My specialty is video, and I think that is the future. Mm. And it's also one of the most intimidating aspects of content creation. So that is what I tend to focus on. So short form content like Instagram reels, YouTube shorts, TikToks, YouTube videos, things of that nature is where I really develop and shine. I love that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm so joining the Content Queen Academy when you roll it out uh, because it, it's so funny. I come out of the media industry and I, I, I want everything that I do to have a certain quality. And because I know that I can't do that on my own um, right now, I don't I don't do it. So I'm just not doing video at all because I want it to be of a certain quality. And if it's not, then I'd rather just not do it at all. But I know that that's a mistake. I know, especially being in, you know, the media, everything from being discovered, being quoted as an expert in different publications or being invited to share your opinion or even speak on stage, you need to have all different types of content that are sort of out on the internet because it's it's a credibility factor. Absolutely. 
And you said something that I hear a lot, and that's about procrastinating because you want perfection. (laughs) And that's not really what your audience expects of you, even though you expect it of yourself. And you actually cannot get anywhere if you're focused on perfection. So what I would recommend, and this is what I recommend for everyone, is to focus on mastery. So focus on one type of video that you want to create and master that process. Mm. And once you master that, you will never be perfect. Perfect is an ideal, but you will get better. And everyone has to start somewhere. So the best thing that you can do is to start where you are now and invest in mentorship so that you will have access to the cheat codes so that you will have a second pair of eyes to look at what you're doing and say, you know what, Adrian, I think you took it as far as you can take it. It's time to post, you know, as opposed to questioning in the back of your mind, like, is this good enough? Is it done yet? So that's one of the things that I offer as a mentor as well is to be your second pair of eyes and to let you know, um, when you can take an idea and develop it further visually and when it's actually good enough and just post it. My gosh, I, I feel like, Javon, that you are tapping into something even more fundamental than content creation. And I like I almost have chills thinking about it. It's if you think back to sort of I don't know, we didn't grow up together, but, you know, I I just think back to when I was younger and, like, all my friends and everything. Like, I used to love to do things together with my friends, and I would be more bold when I had a friend by my side, and they would encourage me, and I would encourage them. And I just feel like that's something that as women, and again, sweeping statement, as women, it's something that we are, you know, it's it's our comfort level almost to to have your your friend, you know, your friends by your side as you're doing everything. It reminds me like in college when you're going out and you're like, come with me, you know, come with me to the bathroom. Because not just because you're insecure, but because it just gives you that boost of confidence. And so I think your mentorship, you're like, hey, you've got this. Like, oh, you you think so? Yeah, let's go. That, I think, can make all of the difference in the world. Absolutely. And that's why I named my mentorship program the Royal Content Coterie, because it's not just single one-on-one sessions with me. I also have group sessions where we can chat with other content creators and we can talk about what we're doing, what's working for us so that you can actually have a community of people to support you along the way because it does get lonely. And in addition to that, I run a telegram group for my mentees where I post high energy inspiration every day as well as content prompts. So it's exciting because if you don't really know what to post, Sometimes you just need a little prompt or you need some inspiration based off of other people that you know that are doing it as well. It's something to like be effective when you know someone on a personal level who's creating content, you can ask them, well, how did you do that? You know, or, hey, you did that. I can do that too. Let me hack that. So I think having the groups, having the Facebook group, having the Telegram group is a vital part of the mentorship experience with me because you're not just doing it alone by yourself. You have other people who's got your back too. Oh my gosh. So I have no idea what a telegram 
group is. Can you please explain? I, I, I wonder if I don't know what it is, if others don't, or if I'm the only one that doesn't know. Um, so what is it? Well, Telegram is just a messaging app. And so I have um, a group that I, I, a private group that I founded for my mentees. It's my inner circle on Telegram. And this is how I contact them. I can send them pictures, videos, inspirational messages, and we can all kind of hang out there. So it's like our daily place where we tap, um, we touch base every morning. I love that so much. And it, you're, it's it's community, right? You said that yeah. at the beginning, like you found yourself in community. And I do think that that is something that we're hearing more and more about. But what you're doing and how you're doing it feels great. It feels, uh, you know, we're you're not necessarily the only expert, right? You are guiding people, you're inspiring people, and then they're also contributing. And I think that that is what makes a community strong and what makes it great. Absolutely. And my goal in doing my work is not to become your go-to expert. I don't want to be your guru I want to empower you to do this work for yourself so that you can continue to do it, whether you have a team of one or whether you have a team of 10 Mm -hmm. and empowering you at every level that you're at to just do the work and get it done and just do your best. Mm -hmm. So I think part of having the community is to one, show that we can all do this and two, hold each other accountable as well. I love that. For the people that are, you know, in the community and part of your mentorship program and and your future content queen members, do these women have all different types of businesses? Can you just give me a couple of examples of of some of the women that are, are sort of creating content? So I work with women who have small businesses and um, a variety of them. But one of them, for example, she has a skincare brand. And so her content is based off of promoting her skincare line. And so Mm. she's creating content around that, educating her clients, inspiring them to, you know, um, invest in their skincare. Um, I also work with women. I have an herbalist, a clinical herbalist Mm. who is a teacher. So she has her own, you know, online academy that she runs a botanical mystery school, but she also has clients who work with her one-on-one and she has like VIP offerings. And so part Mm. of her content strategy is doing longer form content like on YouTube and, Mm. um, you know, using video content on her website. I have another person who's in my community who is in the financial world. And so she works with, with car dealerships, Mm. financing and She's using video content to close more deals. And so there's so many levels and ways that people can use video to increase their impact and increase their income. And Mm. so depending on what your goals are, you know, when you're joining this community, you know, we're learning how to use video, how to use messaging to reach our target audience and then how to use our metrics to determine what is working and how we can repurpose what's working to get even bigger results. Well, I think that that is also a a key to all of this, too, is here you spend all of this time and, you know, resources and and thinking and and all of it to create a piece of content. And then, yeah, of of course, you know, post it up, put it up. But 
that content has the ability to live on for a really long time. And I think that that's also something that people get a little overwhelmed with is, you know, how, how do I keep my content going without it sort of getting stale? Yeah, your content can definitely get stale. And so I recommend coming up with a strategy where you get to see the bigger picture. So if you wanted to eat a whole elephant, you take it one bite at a time, right? (laughs) And so if you want to achieve a certain goal with your content, you're going to take it one step at a time. So maybe you start off shooting um, long form videos or going live on Instagram, but then you take those large videos and you splice them up into smaller clips. And so on other platforms that favor the short form content, you can now keep it fresh by putting out your short little bits to keep people mm. interested in what you're doing. It's so good. And so, you know, figuring out ways to keep your old content fresh or content that's done really well, how to, you know, do it again, but in a, a fresh way. I think that's something where, you know, it takes a lot of creativity, but sometimes having an outside perspective on what you're doing can give you a bunch of ideas how to keep it fresh again. Man, I just think that all of this is so, so good. You are just delivering gold, I think. With every word you say, I am just like, all right, I have to sign up for this. I need to talk to you in even more depth. There's so much that is happening at She Leads Media from the conferences to the podcasts to, you know, things that I do to help women with their marketing and their PR. And often I just get so overwhelmed with all of this stuff that I don't do a really good job of uh, promotion myself. It's like the the cobbler's kids have holes in their shoes. <laughs> um, and I also just want to go back to the examples that you provided of all of the people that you're working with across those different categories. I mean, it sounds like, you know, there's people that have product businesses. There's people that have service businesses. They're, you know, in finance, they're in wellness, they're in media, they're across the board. And so you don't have to be any type of business in particular in order to benefit from creating content. And I think that that's a message that all of the, you know, women, and I'm sure that there's men that listen into my sugar-coated podcast, but, you know, mainly the women entrepreneurs that are listening in, you know, don't think that you don't have the type of business where you can't benefit from content creation, because I think we all can. That's true. We all can. And I think one other barrier that I see amongst women entrepreneurs is the fear to stand in front of the camera whether you don't have the confidence because you don't think you look good or you don't have the self-esteem because you're just not good at it yet. I think that there are ways that you can create content that don't require you to be in front of the camera. You know, Mm. you can work with voiceover artists. You can hire someone to do an animation for you. There's really no excuse to not make content. Yeah, I love that. And it, it is so wrapped up in like our mindset and so many times too, it's like we we say, oh, we don't want to either get in front of the camera because we don't like the way that we look right now. And it, it's so hard. It's so easy to say like, 
people don't care that people don't care that, you know, you're five pounds more than you want to be. They don't even notice that. But we get so in our heads. I mean, I see that happening even with podcasting. When I talk to women about starting a podcast that, you know, they're like, I hate my voice. And it's so terrible because you're speaking to this someone and they have a lovely voice, you know, and you're like, what the heck are you talking about? And I always say to, to women, like, your first podcast is never going to be as great as the one that you just did. And like you just said, you have to start somewhere. So it's like taking the, the confidence and knowing that you have something important to share and kind of focusing on that rather than like how, you know, how you look on camera. Right. And I do want to acknowledge that not liking the sound of your own voice is totally valid. I think, you know, sometimes when I see videos of myself, sometimes I don't want to be the one to edit it because like, I don't want to hear myself talk. You know, oh, I have, no. <laughs> I have gotten over that, you know, it was something I had to overcome. But for years, like I would record videos and I wouldn't post them because I was just like, I don't like the way I sound or do I really sound like that? And so, you know, that oh is a gosh. valid anxiety. However, it's yes. not an excuse not to post content. Yeah. You can... And you have such a beautiful voice. What are we talking about? <laughs> Thank you. And I love the sound of my own voice now, but I know Aww. like a year ago, and even, you know, before then, it was a struggle to, you know, listen to my voice. And so it's not an excuse not to create content and not to put myself out there, though. When I mentor people, one of the things I do is I find out, well, what are the obstacles? Is there anything that you don't want to do that mm. we can delegate? Because mm. trust me, video ed- editing is super easy to delegate. There are thousands of freelancers, millions maybe across the world of people who want to just edit your videos for you. And so if that's really what's your hesitation, then all we have to do is find someone to join your team to edit the video for you. You Mm -hmm. upload it to Google Drive. And then once they're finished, they put it back in the folder and then you post. You don't look back. It's easy. You just eliminated your biggest fear. Oh, so good. So, so good. So, Javon, how can people get in touch with you? sign up for the Content Queen Academy that's coming out soon, hire you for one-on-one, where can they find you? Okay, so what I want you to do if you are interested in working with me is text the word content to 518-707-1171. Again, text the word content to 518-707-1171. And I will reach out to you via text message and I will send you a free resource guide so that you can create content the stress-free way using the same resources that I use. I'm talking about stock footage libraries, places to find royalty-free music, editing applications, graphic design applications, places to hire freelancers. You could also visit my website at sixfigurecontentqueen.com. Awesome. 
We are going to put all of that in the show notes. I think you're going to be inundated with text messages. I'll be the first one. (laughs) Since, you know, before we uh, post this live, you will get a text message from me. And I just really appreciate, first of all, you coming and speaking at the She Leads conference and getting in front of all of those amazing women. Um, And then also coming here on the Sugar Coated podcast and sharing even more incredible information with all of the listeners. I appreciate you so much. And I can't wait to uh, help you to promote the Content Queen Academy and to also just remain in company with you. I know that you're going to be somebody who's going to help me to up my content game uh, in the near future. Well, it's my pleasure. Um, One of the things I enjoy is serving, especially a community of female entrepreneurs like you're building. And so um, it was truly my pleasure. Thank you so much, Javon, and we will see you soon. Yeah. Bye. This is the She Leads Podcast Network.